Welcome to the Plan Vision Podcast, where we share simple, straightforward investment and planning ideas for normal people. The description in this podcast is for informational purposes only. Do not construe this as personal tax, financial, or legal advice for your situation. Hello, it's Mark Sorrell with the Plan Vision Podcast, and I'm with Jason Lynch today, and Jason and I are going to talk about a Roth conversion and who make it, who does it make sense for, where do you have to be to make it work? And then some of the considerations that are part of that, man, we go through this with many of our clients here in the States, even some expats on the pros and cons of doing a Roth. So uh, Jason um, reached out to me and thought it'd be a good idea for us to have a quick session on that one. Hi, Jason. How are you? Hi, Mark. Good. Thank you. Good. So who are we, as we talk about this, who's generally the audience of people that would be good candidates for doing a Roth conversion? Right. So what we're looking at are recent retirees and or people that have had a reduction in income because they were having higher income tax brackets, but now they're lower, yeah. lower tax bracket today. Okay. So really, you know, somebody working full-time professional physicians, probably not a good candidate for this, but that person that's maybe just recently like, you know, done full retirement might be working a little bit and those that are just recently retired. So can you talk about what you see as being the benefits of the Roth conversion? Definitely. So for the people that we're talking to that are in a lower tax bracket now, we're looking at if you're going to be, um, we want to reduce your RMDs into the future because the RMDs, your, your IRAs, 401ks are going to grow and anything that comes out is going to be taxed at ordinary income. So if you're in a lower tax bracket today, you want to convert and, and pay tax on that lower at that lower rate. So the RMDs that you're referring to are what known as a required minimum distributions, which people have to start taking from their pre-tax accounts at age 72. Yes, correct. And usually those are not necessarily large at the beginning, but over the course of time, the RMDs can ramp up and become larger and they're creating just larger taxable events. Right. They're only 3.7, in the first year. And they, they grow slowly. They do increase every year. Um, but remember, people with their IRAs, you know, at a 7.2% return, that our IRA is going to double in 10 years. So yes, it, it is pretty minimal RMDs at the beginning at age 72. Sure, sure. So if I'm going to do a Roth conversion, there may be cases where there's, if my, if my income is low enough, even with a Roth conversion, I wouldn't pay anything in taxes. Um, and then, but there are going to be cases I'm going to have to pay. I have to pay now. Where, where would I get that money from? And, and why would I do that? Right. So the ideal situation to make a Roth conversion is when you're paying taxes from outside funds, meaning out of your brokerage or other taxable accounts that you're paying the, the tax on these conversions. Yeah. So, and by doing that, I'm basically reducing the amount of money that would be subject to taxes in the future and getting some taxes out of the way now. Exactly. And, and it's really a three-pronged advantage. The first is we're moving money into the tax-free Roth space. That's great. We're reducing our 
pre-tax balances, yep. which again is another good thing at a low at a low interest uh, tax bracket. And the third thing is we're paying the tax with the brokerage funds, the taxable account funds, which means what we're doing is moving wealth from the taxable area into the non-taxable area. Sure. An important consideration though, and you and I have talked about this, is if you're going to do a conversion, move money towards the Roth, it would likely be the case that you really don't think you're going to need the Roth later in life, maybe kind of a forever account, not necessarily, but in many cases, but you can likely take a different approach to how you invest that money in the Roth. True? Yeah, true. Because look, if, if, if an investor is not thinking they may touch all or most some of their Roth, they can be more aggressive because they're not planning to touch it. You know, maybe they, they add a higher stock ratio. Yeah, I see that a lot when I run comparisons between Roth conversions uh, for, for people is comparing a essentially a higher rate of return in the Roth versus the the other assets that it's coming out of out of and uh, that makes the Roth conversion that much more beneficial to the converter. Definitely. Talk about for a moment this issue that I you know could happen is um, the benefits of doing a conversion if one of the spouses you know predeceases the other one at a relatively young age, how that doing the Roth conversion would impact that situation. Right. So the ideal time to do a Roth conversion is while both are alive because you're in the married filing joint tax bracket. And when you're both married, you have the advantage of effectively a higher income tax bracket. So when the, when one pass when, when one spouse passes, the survivor then is pushed into the single income tax bracket. The RMDs aren't really going to be much different as when you're married, but you're going to get into the higher tax brackets a lot sooner. Sure. So there's a benefit for doing it. Do you think that there are potential benefits for people? still doing Roth conversions while they're actually getting their RMDs? Or is that just a case-by-case -case situation? I, you, it's definitely case-by-case -case because depending on, on where the in, individuals are with respect to their income tax bracket, if they're at the bottom or the, the middle or the, the high end, um, you know, you, they also have to remember too that one spouse will pass eventually to leave a survivor unless they both go together. Um, so even if you're taking RMDs, it may make sense to do some limited micro Roth conversions. Nothing yeah. crazy. Sure, sure. Are there any other considerations that you that um, somebody might take into account in uh, evaluating the Roth conversion? Or did we cover my, most of the important topics? Yeah, we covered the bulk of it, but there, there are some in the deep end of the pool, as Christian would say, there are some areas that people would want to really do these Roth conversions. 
if they have unused charitable contribution carryovers, if they have NOLs, if there's some AMT credits that they have, because importantly, NOLs and you, capital can losses. You, can you explain to me what that is, what you just said? Oh, sorry. A NOL is a net operating loss oh, generated from a business. I see. So for, for, for people that have NOLs derived from their businesses, um, if they're able to use the, um, the Roth IRA conversion, um, so those are on a high level and, and obviously they would take more tax planning. But uh, okay. there are some other areas. But other than that, we've we've covered most of them. Okay. Okay. So here's my take on this, and you know, as we do a lot of plans for this, there are some people that might be excited about a Roth conversion, but as I do plans, it just doesn't kind of work out. They're just not in a good spot for that. They, um, it, it may just be the way their assets work out. On the other hand, gosh, we've done. And I know you and I have done these together with people. There are some people that clearly benefit from these and um, it's, it's a real nice gift to take advantage of. Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. All right, Jason, thanks a lot for your time. Anytime, Mark. Thank you for listening to the Plan Vision Podcast. Let us know if you have any questions or comments on the topics covered.